Classic Soul, the podcast dedicated to the best soul and R&B music throughout the decades. In our latest episode, SoulMusic.com founder David Nathan is joined by longtime SoulMusic.com colleague and music industry veteran Michael Lewis. Michael has worked with a number of major record labels throughout his career, including The Face, Motown and Sony Music. Today, they talk about the classic 1973 album Extensions of a Man by the legendary Donny Hathaway. David and Michael share about the diversity of material on the LP and how Donny expressed his artistry as a musician, composer and vocalist through tracks like the timeless and ever-relevant classic Someday We'll All Be Free and the much-loved instrumental Valdez in the Country and Donny's unforgettable cover of I Love You More Than You'll Ever Know. Without further ado, let's join David and Michael to talk about Donny Hathaway. Well, it's a pleasure to welcome uh, you to my Classic Soul podcast today, Michael, as our, as our guest to talk about the iconic, legendary Donny Hathaway. And it's significant that we are recording this for future airing mm-hmm. on what would have been his 75th birthday, uh, October 1st. You know, I was looking at the different Donny Hathaway albums we could have talked about, mm-hmm. and I know you were too, and we both settled on Extensions of a Man right, and right. Uh, from 1973. And so just to set this up, when was the first time you heard Donny Hathaway? Um, I'm sure I heard his music before this, but I think someday we'll all be free. It's probably the first time that I really, you know, latched on to... Uh, to his 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 music and his uh, his his genius, you know, the the power in his voice and his message. Yeah, it's interesting when I when I go back and look at the history of um, you know Donny Hathaway's association with Atlantic and working with of course with Roberta Flack, who he knew uh, from his days at Howard University. <laughs> what I remember specifically because uh, uh, you know at the time that his first album came out, everything is everything. Um, I was working in London and working with Blues and Soul, uh, the actual company that owned Blues and Soul Contempo, which was started by John Addy. And um, I, John had a, had created a really good relationship with Jerry Wexler at Atlantic. And um, so when I think by the time the maybe it wasn't everything is everything, but certainly by the time Extensions of a Man had come out or was coming out. Uh, John was very uh, aware that uh, how, how important Donnie was as an artist for Atlantic. And I remember conversations I had with him, with John Abbey specifically, who was, of course, the editor of Blues and Soul, about, um, you know, that they really were challenged to how to present Donnie in terms of as a commercially viable artist, mm-hmm. because what they... When I say they, I'm referring to Atlantic, I'm referring to Jerry Wexler, I'm referring to Arif Martin. Uh, it was how to, how to present him in a way that still allowed for his artistic expression because he was not a, he wasn't like a singles hit artist. He mm-hmm. did have a few hits. I mean, even if you listen to the first single, you know, The Ghetto, I the mean, ghetto. that's not like anything else. You know, from that time, I mean, you know, there are other records that follow, but 1969, the ghetto, I mean, you know, really, 
quite revolutionary in, in, in many ways. And, and just his whole approach to music, you know, didn't make him a, an easy fit in terms of making hit records. And, and back then, thankfully, Atlantic, you know, was a label that would allow artists to cultivate a following, cultivate an audience. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Roberta Flack, of course, you know, is, is, is the, probably the, a great example of that with first take and then continuing to have her record, you know, chapter two. And the point being, contemporaneous to that is Donny Hathaway uh, and allowing him the freedom to express himself. Right. Um, no matter what that, if it, even if it didn't fit the confines of a hit single. Mm-hmm. And so my memory of, of, of this album uh, is specifically that it was, a, a, it was another, you could say, exercise in artistic expression mm-hmm. rather than, oh, let's find out how we can have a hit. Now, it's not that they didn't want to have a hit and not that they didn't want him to reach a, a, a larger audience, but it was definitely um, you know, giving him the freedom to be, to express himself. Right. Starting with the first track, uh, I Love the Lord, He Heard My Cry, which is an orchestral piece that that he wrote and arranged. Mm. I can't think of anybody else who had something like that. No, no R&B artist had that kind of a thing on their on yes. that song. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, it's, it's kind of, it was revolutionary that they allowed him that, yes. that space and that opening to. And that, the freedom, the freedom, freedom, the freedom yeah. to do that. Well, it's, it's interesting. I want, I just want to riff off of what you just said. Um, I did an interview with him. Uh, I have the distinction of being the only British journalist who ever did an interview with Donny Hathaway in London. Mm-hmm. And he was in London on uh, holiday or vacation. And he consented to doing a brief interview at his hotel with me, and really as a function of uh, the the, the uh, relationship between Jerry Wexler and Atlantic and, and and John Abbey, who I think Jerry Wexler is the one who told who told um, uh, John that Donnie was in London and that he would be open to doing a short interview, and so off I went. And one of the things he talked, we were talking about extensions of a man. This interview was in 1973, and and um, I have a, a quote from him about "I love the Lord." He heard my cry. It's what he said at the time. He said that that was a, of such diverse influences as Ray Charles, Curtis Mayfield, and the classical composer Rachmaninoff. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I I added to that and some Donny Hathaway thrown in. So you, you know, as an example of, of how to start an album, I mean that's kind of a you know that that you know you, you got to really be believing in the artist mm-hmm. um, to, to to be able to um, to do something like that. I mean, really, and and so let, let's continue. I think, they, I think they had to recognize from the work that he had done with all the recordings and artists that he had worked with prior to that, even before yes. he was signed as an artist. I mean, Curtis Mayfield, he played um, with her on Aretha's records, right? Um, a couple of them, yep, yeah. 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 To be young, yeah, young, gifted, and black, definitely for sure. He's on that one, yeah, nineteen seventy-two. Yes. So, um, and I, yeah, I think that they just, and it's great at that time that record companies w- would do that. You know, they would mm. uh, see see what what an artist's potential was and allow them to exercise it. Absolutely, and of course, you know, it, it's true to say that, um, you know, as a result of his. Uh, 
duet album with Roberta Flack, which Roberta Flack and Donny Hathaway, which was massive. I mean, really, really put him, I guess you could say, front and center of her, also her audience, um, which was a growing audience. You know, whereas the love and that album also is just an incredible. Well, we could definitely at some point do a, a whole uh, podcast conversation about that album. But I think that in some ways set up uh, the release of uh, Extensions of a Man, although there was a live album um, in between, uh, Donny Hathaway Live, or is it called In Performance? Performance. In Performance, yes. But let's continue talking about Extensions of a Man. So, yes, you, you talked about the first track. So let's talk about some of the other key cuts on there. Vividly recall hearing I Love You More Than You'll Ever Know. And, and how I remember hearing it is as an Atco single, not on the album before I think before the album came out and um, I'm trying to remember exactly where I was but I re- I just remember playing it I was still living in London and, and it just the I, mean, I can't even find right the right word I mean, it, it, it was sung with such like an ache like a like an aching like I mean kind of like from whatever whatever the definition of soul mm-hmm in, in, a, in a song, like if, if, if I could, if I could, there are probably like 10, 20 recordings by anyone mm-hmm. of the, all the whole soul music spectrum where the essence of what what we call soul is mm-hmm. shows up. And I mean, I can still hear it in my head. I mean, you know, yeah, I often wonder how someone sings from that place. I mean, because that's a place of just raw emotion and as if what he was singing even though he didn't write the song song was is it was originally done by blood sweat and tears mm-hmm. whatever he found in the lyric yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a surrender it's personal. it's personal it's like you could tell yeah. you know you know i mean i'm just thinking of the lyric lines you know i love you more than you'll ever know the, the depth of feeling that comes through yes you know yes. He, he he really reaches down into the the core, you know, and brings it forward for the, for the world to hear it. Do you recall hearing the song? When oh, you, do you recall where you were or when you first heard it? Was was it oh, many years later? Probably around the time that it that it came out. I'm sure it was um, played on on the, on the radio, um, mm. and where where I was and around my house, um, definitely. But yeah, it was it was definitely an outstanding performance you know you don't you don't run across those kind of performances very often yes yes and, yes and, and it's been covered so many times but donnie's version is the only one that really resonates mm. to the point where i don't even really want to hear anybody else sing it yeah because you know? his, his I, version is so iconic it's so complete you know mm. did you ever hear the blood sweat and tears version i i didn't i didn't i, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you even know what that sounds like? You before, know? This was before uh, David Clayton Thomas was in the group. And, right. And I, I pretty much know them from that point forward. I think this okay. was a, an earlier album. And um, I, it's funny, I was listening to that today, um, the Laura Nero song, When I Die. Uh, yes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this this was before that album. And I'm right. really familiar with it. But yeah, Donnie just, he, he put the stamp on that song. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, while we are going to talk about a couple of the other songs, we should definitely uh, focus on 
for me, which, which is, I think, the timeless classic, probably of all Donny Hathaway's recordings. Unfortunately, he didn't make as many as, um, as some of his contemporaries, only, you know, because, of course, he, he passed away in 1979, so he didn't have a long recording career. But, you know, someday we'll all be free. I mean, I, I'm shaking my head because, you know, I could hear, hang on to the world. As it spins around. As it spins around. Yeah. Just don't I, let the spin get you down. I mean. I put it on recently. You know, actually, as you know, we talked about we were going to do this conversation. Of course, I pulled it out, but started yeah. playing. And man, that song just, just gets yeah. right to you, you know, uh, especially right now with everything that's going on. Yeah. You, you need that. You need that that inspiration that to to bring you back, yeah, to it's center, a, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's a brilliant it's a brilliant recording. I mean, I think it really yeah. There, there, there aren't that many recordings. I think if we t- if we take like the span of time, that really we can honestly call timeless. Mm-hmm. And I think that of all of Donny Hathaway's recordings, for me, that song. Is, is is it someday we'll all be free i mean well and, and other people have done it you know subsequently i mean there's a wonderful version of it um by aretha franklin which um is actually a little plug is on a box set of aretha's recordings which is coming out in uh november yeah wasn't um, they used it for um the malcolm x spike lee's correct. movie the closing credits correct. Yeah. yes and Someday we'll all be free. Yes. And again, um, this was this album was produced by Arif Martin, the great. Yes. Yeah, so yes. Yeah, talk about that because I mean, we've talked about Arif Martin in, in another podcast about uh, the work he did with Shaka Khan, and I think yeah, sometimes um, you know just in the course of how the music industry works and how things people don't always really see um, uh, necessarily the the brilliance of arrangers. I mean, I know that producers are, impo- of course, critical. Uh, but but Arif Martin, as an arranger, mm-hmm. I mean, on on those not just on, on, on you know working with, um, with with Shaka, but working with Roberta Flack, working with Aretha. I mean, just Barbara Streisand. I mean, just a brilliant. I mean, Margie Joseph. I mean, just a brilliant uh, orchestrator. I mean, someone who could hear. I mean. Who could hear how to present Donny Hathaway in mm-hmm. a setting that would work? Because I'm, I'm sure that was not easy. I mean, you have a, a classically trained um, musician who who is, you know, in the realm of, of ability to do different things. You know, Donny Hathaway is like right up there. In fact, in fact, you know, I'm reminded of one of the quotes from uh, from the interview that we did, which I'm going to see if I can find uh, the actual thing he said. It's not a very long quote. But it says, um, asking about extensions of a man as an album, uh, that it has a conglomeration of different styles and moods. And he says that was quite intentional. I wanted to show what I can do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, trying to uh, capture all the diverse aspects of a, I want to say like a musical genius. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Let's pause there for a quick break. Then we'll return to David Nathan and Michael Lewis as they continue to discuss the influence of the legendary Donny Hathaway on a generation of singers and his classic 1973 album, Extensions of a Man. 
now on Soul Music Records in association with Platinum Garage Recordings, Preston Glass presents Love and Compassion, Volume 3. The third volume of the successful Preston Glass Presents Love and Compassion digital album series, continuing the positive messages of the previous two volumes. It includes guest artists Larry Graham, Chubby Tavares, Debbie Sledge, Robin S., and The Temptations' Ron Tyson. Preston Glass Presents Love and Compassion, Volume 3, is out now on all digital platforms. All you teach is time to teach a new way. Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, to try to capture that within the course of a of, of one album or any album, you have to be pretty knowledgeable about how about music. And I think that's the thing about Arif Martin really brought that. I mean, I don't know how many other producers could have worked with Donny Hathaway mm-hmm. and really got such allowed him the freedom, but also, you know, created some just amazing music. I mean, that other song I was going to mention in particular, um, is uh, Love, 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 which was written by a New York songwriter uh, and recording artist, J.R. Bailey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to uh, quote again from the, my brief Donny Hathaway interview. And he just, and I asked, what did you think of it? And he said, uh, his just eyes lit up. He didn't say anything. <laughs> his <laughs> eyes lit up. So I guess that meant he liked it. So uh, let's talk about something else, Michael. I'd like to get your take on the fact that this album also contains several instrumentals. You mentioned um, uh, I Love the Lord, He Heard My Cry, but there's also Valdez in, Valdez in the Country. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I think was, it was uh, George Benson recorded that. Uh, later. He did. He did. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah, well, that was, he wrote, Don, Donnie wrote that song. Um, yeah, and that is another, another example of his... Uh, expansiveness that he could I mean, that that was that was straight up a, a jazz uh, uh, who's a guitarist on that um uh cornell dupree cornell, cornell dupree yeah 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 right cornell dupree yes uh, and uh donnie was on uh, electric piano yeah mcdonald percussion yeah uh man that's this is just a the song moves. It's, it's really good. Yes. And and then, the, the, you know, of course, um, the, I'm trying to look at this. There's, I mean, you know, when I think about that album, honestly, it's kind of hard for me to get past um, I Love You More Than You'll Ever Know and, and, and Someday We'll All Be Free. Not, not to dismiss the other tracks, but those to me are so, like, I mean, they're like the sin centerpieces for me of that album yeah, yeah, yeah. um and um uh so are there any other particular tracks on there that you want to uh focus on yeah flying easy man that song is right. flying easy it's it's just that's what it makes it makes you feel like you're, you're flying he gives you he gives you that brings that feeling to a record you know um yes. it, it just sounds sounds like open sky you know he, he, he takes you along. It's, 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 it, I love that song. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I think this in the remaining time we have, let's just su- let's, let's summarize uh, not just this album, but I mean, Donny Hathaway's impact. Um, 
it's interesting, you know, some artists never get to find out, sadly, during the course of their life, the impact that they have on music. And I think Donny Hathaway is one of those artists whose impact on uh, male vocalists, not just, just male vocalists, but it's just he's so often uh, cited by uh, other people as an influence, as, um, you know, we talk about, we didn't really say much about his vocal, how adept he, he was as a vocalist. I mean, this, I could just, I mean, really, I mean, you know, if, if people think Stevie Wonder is hard to sing along with, try a few Donny Hathaway tracks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I will, I will, I, 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 I probably try to sing I Love You More Than You'll Ever Know, but it, 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 it was challenging. But just his range, I mean, just a kind of, you know, just, you can, you, you know, just made such an impact on so many people. The range, um, the purity of his voice, you know? Yeah. So, so, so pure and, and, uh, the tone of it is nobody has a tone like him. I guess the closest is Layla. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are certain, listen, when you listen to him and you hear certain things that he does and, and I, and I, I think back and I say, Oh, that's where she got that from. You know, yeah. some of those, how she does those low kind of, you know, Mm-hmm. Low tones, low tones. You know, it's like, oh yeah. <laughs> well, let, let me just say something about that because it's interesting. You mentioned that, uh, Michael. Um, you know, because um, you know, I had the opportunity um, to be Layla Hathaway's first media coach, mm-hmm. and this was uh, courtesy of my good friend Jeff Foreman, who had signed Layla to uh, Virgin Records mm-hmm. in uh, 1990. And I remember meeting a very young Layla Hathaway. Uh, she had, who was studying at the Berkeley School of Music at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was uh, nervous because she hadn't done anything in terms of press or publicity. And her concern was that people would uh, just keep talking about her dad and, and his music because of her heritage, you know. But what she said was that because, unfortunately, he, he passed away when she was still very young, she didn't actually get to hear him a lot while he was alive. Mm-hmm. So the influence is more like, it's almost like in her, um, I want to say almost like in her gene pool. You know, I mean, yes, of course she heard him. But it, it's just that there's, yeah, there are characteristics in both of their voices, which there's no one else that sounds like the Hathaways, you could say. Right. Really. Yeah, and but yeah, so so it's interesting, but very interesting. And I I have to say that you know even though the interview I did with him was challenging, you know, and I, I did note that in the one of the rare occasions where I actually said in print, you know, that it, you know, he wasn't as communicative as I had hoped he would be. Mm-hmm. But then I was going to count he was on holiday. But what was struck me was you know that you know the, the music he he created on that album. Was was just so demonstrative of his, um, his his artistry and the fact he was talking at that time also about an, an album uh, a piece of work he had begun recording called Life, mm-hmm. which was a four part symphony concerto concerto actually that actually finally did come out um, many years later as part of a of a box set. Um, on Donny Hathaway, was I think in France, if I recall correctly. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. So, um, you know, his music has lived on, and, and and he has he's still considered a major influence. And 
you know, I, I think that um, even though there are not a lot of Donny Hathaway recordings, what we do have uh, is a testament to um, his greatness as, mm -hmm. as, a, as a musician, as an artist, as a, as a, a vocalist. And, and really an influencer, you know? Uh, he's, absolutely. He's, to wrap up uh, on talking about uh, Mr. Hathaway, who are some of the, the artists of today, Michael, that you can hear uh, the influence of Donny Hathaway through their own work? Um, I would say definitely Kenny Lattimore um, and yeah. um, Frank McComb. Oh, for sure. Yes, yes. Um, uh, yeah, Kenny Lattimore, of course, did record I Love You More Than You'll Ever Know, which is a direct tribute to, to, to Donny Hathaway. Uh, anyone else? Those are the two that come to mind immediately. Yeah, really right, 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 right. All right. Well, you know, it's really great to be talking about Donny Hathaway uh, on his, as I say, what would have been his 75th birthday. Um, I know that um, in conversations with uh, Roberta Flack, you know, she still considers that, you know, her collaborations with Donny Hathaway were amongst the best uh, work she ever did and certainly has no hesitation in considering him a uh, he certainly used the word genius. Mm -hmm. And I think my only regret is never seeing Donny Hathaway live, mm -hmm. even though we have two albums of his live recordings. Uh, I just wonder what that was like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we can only imagine. But those recordings yeah. are, I think, the, and the, those, the in performance uh, is definitely one of the best live albums I've ever heard. Yeah. It's just it's just the top, you know. Yes. All right. Well, we've talked about extensions of a man, Donny Hathaway. Uh wonderful to be able to pay tribute to a, a an iconic figure in, in the world of soul music and certainly in music itself. And and I think it's fitting that we're doing it today. And and that just also to say that um, you know, I, I want to say one more thing to kind of underscore what, what you're saying at the earlier part of this, which is about the fact that Atlantic Records, um, as a label, you know, was willing to invest time, energy, and money into the development of artists like uh, Roberta Flack, Donny Hathaway, and to some degree Aretha. You know, I mean, obviously, after you started having hits, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's some of Aretha's albums from that time period also that, you know, demonstrate a willingness to, to give her the creative freedom to express herself. So I think, you know, one of the things I just want to kind of Kudos to Atlantic and Jerry Wexler and Arif Martin and, and, and Jerry Jerry Rent, you know, and, and the other members of, of the staff at Atlantic who really were pioneers in allowing artists to be themselves. Mm -hmm. We're we're fortunate for that. Yes, we really are. All right. Well, Michael, as always, a pleasure speaking with you, right. and, and I'm sure we're, we're having another podcast sometime soon about uh, another of the extraordinary artists that are at the core and fabric of the genre we call, proudly call, soul music. Classic soul. Yes, sir. That's right. All right. All right. Man. Thank you, man. See you Talk soon. To you. All yeah. right. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks, David and Michael. Please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform and visit us for breaking news and daily updates about your favorite soul and R&B artists over at soulmusic.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on My Classic Soul.